listening to Nerds on Film with Brian Moriarty, David McGuire, and Sarah Ashley. Hey, uh, Brian, did you hear about the Steve Jobs movie? I did. I did. The one with Ashton Kutcher. Is Ashton Kutcher in it? I just know that... Uh, Ashton Kutcher is Steve Jobs. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah, they're shooting it. Yeah. You've not seen the I photos? No, I didn't know that part. He's I just turtlenecked up all in Palo Alto. Holy shit. No, the part that I heard, though, was um, it's only three scenes. The entire movie is only three scenes. And they're three 30-minute scenes. Interesting. Yeah. Lots of walking and talking. Probably. Because yeah. it's Aaron but Sorkin. But it's, it's supposed to be... Is it Sorkin? It is Sorkin. And, and Sorkin does walking and talking extremely well. And so each yes, of these scenes are going to be right before um, the, like, big moments um, uh, in I Apple see. history. So, I like, think the last scene is the right before the iPod. The last one is right before the, the iPod comes out, the original iPod comes out. I think the first one was when the first Mac computer comes out or something like that. I don't know. But uh, I don't know. That much so basically Apple, whenever he's on the cusp of a turning point yeah, yeah, yeah. with Apple. But it's only... It's only three turning points. It's only three scenes. I'm amazed they didn't really work an iPhone for that at all because that was like that but was that was a really really big moment. That for was Apple. a really big moment. The I think the iPod turned it around probably a little bit more. Uh, the iPod did pave iPad, the way. Yeah, it was the, the iPhone. Yeah, I just thought that was kind of interesting. There Art. is actually a second Steve Jobs movie that is being developed. Really? Too. Yes. Maybe that was the one you were talking about. The one I was talking about is in production at the moment. Yeah. No. The one that she's talking about, the Aaron Sorkin one with with. Wait, no. There, no there, there, there are two Steve Jobs. Because so I didn't think that Ashton Kutcher was in this one. No, the one that's shooting at the shooting right now had, is with Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, that okay. I knew about. Oh, so Sorkin's doing an entirely Sorkin's different one. Sorkin's doing a different one then. We're uh, talking about two different movies. Man. Crazy. Man. Hollywood loves their sister movie releases, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Is it just written? We have no idea who's in the Sorkin version. We don't know who's don't in the Sorkin version. I don't think so. I think it's just yet. written. Ooh, let's play a game of who would play a good Aaron Sorkin Steve Jobs. Brian, you go first. Oh. Yeah. Fuck. I just put you on the spot. He totally just just put me on the spot. Menage a does that to me. No, I would say though I would I would elect Martin Sheen for Waz though. Mm. For, for the older Waz. They have to really pat him up a bit. Yeah. Sure. But that's what makeup's for. He he could do that. They have to give him more of a bulbous nose too. That'd be weird. Martin Sheen with a big bulbous nose. That would be kind of odd. Who would live in a Steve Jobs role in an Aaron Sorkin world? See, I always keep going, this is sad, I keep going back to Noah Wiley, because he was so good in the um, Pirates of Silicon Valley movie. I love Noah Wiley. Our sound guy is sending us profane notes over his (laughs) iPad. Shame on you, sound guy. You can talk, it's okay. No, 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 no. We we, we should really let people know that this guy, our sound guy, is 100% into Marcel Marceau. Mm Mm-hmm. That he uh, embodies him in every waking moment. Yep. Speaking of which, He's have you ever seen Silent Movie at all? I love Silent Movie. Again, you're talking to a huge Mel Brooks fan right now. Oh, I, love, I, I know you would have seen it. <coughs> love, love, love. I own it. Have you, have you seen that moment? I saw though? it because of her. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love it. No. Her, <laughs> no. Her dad got her, like, uh, Mel Brooks box set. Box set. It had everything except for Spaceballs and Dracula Dead and Loving It and Men in Tights. No, it had Men in Tights. Yeah, so it, it didn't have space balls. It didn't but have it had space. It didn't have space balls, and it didn't have it Dracula Den loving out, uh, loving it. But it had men in tights, a silent movie, Young Frankenstein, Blazing Saddles, History of the World, History of the World Part One, uh, To Be or Not to Be. Those are all from different studios too. That's interesting. Like but it was all one box. Yeah, because Blazing Saddles is Warner Brothers, Young Frankenstein, and Robin Hood Men in Tights were. 20th Century Fox. It was like, mm-hmm. that's all over the board. That's interesting. I would have never known if Silent Movie had not been for uh, Ashley over here. I it's hilarious. I love that one. I'm, I'm a big fan of Dom DeLuise. Mm-hmm. The man's yeah. hilarious. He's my favorite part of Blazing Saddles. Yeah. Put your hands on your hips. Stick out your tush. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I remember watching that for the first time, and I was like, oh, what the, what is happening right now? <laughs> this is a Western, <laughs> and clearly it's not. Nope. I, I do still love that you are the leading asshole in the state. <laughs> Oh, uh, my gosh. Oh, but we, we, before we uh, continue on, Sarah, who would be your Steve Jobs? Oh, I don't in fucking a, know. What? It's a I don't know. Guess. I re- no, I really don't know. I can honestly tell you I do not know enough about Steve Jobs to have any sort of But you've seen what he looks casting. like. That doesn't mean anything. Makeup yeah, can does. do wonders. What? Don't give me that look. Just pick a name. I'm just going to throw a name Morgan Freeman. There. I want Morgan Freeman to play Steve Jobs. <laughs> I want to start a computer company. <laughs> <laughs> Tim and Robin, and, and, and Tim Robbins can be Wozniak. <laughs> <laughs> now I would go see that movie. <laughs> uh, you know, actually, a name that just just popped into my head, and now it just left my head. Fuck. <laughs> okay, Great hey job, David. Yeah. Who would you pick? I would probably pick from his. Uh... I'm going to throw a name out there. Okay. okay, Brian. Kevin Klein. Ooh, I like Kevin Klein. Mm, good call. I like because makeup will do wonders. Bradley Whitford. Interesting. He could do it. You got the chops. Yeah, the guy from The West Wing. Oh, yeah. yeah. West Wing, Studio 60 on the Sunset Strip. <laughs> Billy Madison. <laughs> Billy, Billy Madison. Madison. <laughs> <clears throat> well, the only time I haven't seen One him be, like, really snaky was when he was in Studio 60, so. He wasn't really snaky. I'm saying he wasn't snaky oh, in yeah. Studio 60. Well, he wasn't really stanky things... in West Wing, either. I, oh, so are you saying Jobs is a snake? No, I'm saying, oh. that, I'm saying that this guy is not a snake. I get what I'm, you're saying. Brian. So you're saying he you. plays snaky characters and yes. Jobs is not a snake. Yes. If, if, the, if he was far okay. younger, Richard Jenkins would be a good Steve Jobs. I could see that. But he's just a little too old. So welcome to Nerds on Film. <laughs> good segue. <laughs> I'm Sarah Ashley. I'm Brian Moriarty. And I am David McGuire. So, um, guys, this was pretty rocking. I got our first email for Nerds on Film. What? What? What kind of email? It was an Ask a Nerdy Girl email. What? Yes. A round of applause, everybody. Woo! Hooray! The Nerd Cave resounds with joy! Yes. The choir yeah. could not get here in time, but they would be singing Hallelujah. It Which was, is really sad because they were rehearsing Handel's Messiah for like a month. And I just feel, <laughs> I feel, so, I feel so bad for them. That they couldn't make it. Their bus broke down on the freeway. Yeah. It's really unfortunate. But, you know, hey, maybe next time. Maybe for the second email. <laughs> if we ever get a second email. You hear that, listeners? You deserve a second email. You want to hear the choir? Write us. <laughs> maybe for the Christmas episode. <laughs> so um, this email came to me from a guy named Kyle who is an English major in the U.S. Naval Academy. Hello, Kyle. Hi, Kyle. Um, and thank you. Thank you so much. For all that you do. He he actually gave me a pretty hefty email, actually, so I cut some of it out. I'm sorry, dude. <laughs> um, and we just lost a listener. No, no. So, <laughs> Kidding. Um, we, first off, that was a really, really in-depth email. It was email. a really, yeah. really in-depth email, which yeah. was awesome. And he asked very thorough questions and... Um, gave some pretty pretty solid examples, and so I think. Uh, I think Needless to say, you made Sarah very happy. Oh no, absolutely! I was pretty stoked. Yeah. It was you were in a was a deli or something. I was in I was in a Greek restaurant. You were um, in a Greek restaurant and you on had my to lunch yourself. on my lunch break, and I kind of peed a little. Not gonna. At not, any point, did really. you scream out "Opa"? <laughs> Opa! <laughs> no, no. Actually, I was I was so stoked that it took me like five times to read the email to like actually be able to understand what was being asked because I was just like, oh my god, I got an email. <laughs> the only so. time someone's gonna get so excited by getting an email. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, so I'm gonna go ahead and read this now. 
Um, so it says, Sarah. Uh, first, I just want to say that I really enjoy both Nerdonomy podcasts. I discovered them a couple of days ago through the History tab on iTunes, and I've been working through them. Before I ask my question, I have to say that I'm an English major at the Naval Academy, so I'm working on getting an opinion like yourself. That was awesome. That, like, made me chuckle. I dig it. English majors. <laughs> my question I want to ask is twofold. What did you think of the Captain America movie? And do you think he will remain the one character in the continuing superhero movies who is not an anti-hero, or at the very least, someone without character flaws? Um, then he goes on to explain, um, I accept Captain America, the first Avenger, for what it was. It was a setup and introduction movie for the Avengers and something of a propaganda film stemming from his original role in World War II. But I look at the rest of the superhero movies around it, and that's why I feel like it was just an all right movie. Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy strived for an intimate dealing uh, with of Bruce Wayne's flaws and personal problems, as well as the political issues of our country and using Gotham as a microcosm. Watchmen was a great allegory for philosophical responses to problems through each of the flawed characters. Spider-Man 3 tried, and failed in my opinion, to make a darker and grittier Peter Parker. Iron Seconded. Ma <laughs> Iron Man remained interesting through two movies, not just because he had a cool suit, but also because he had to deal with his role in the military-industrial complex and learning about his father. Bruce Banner has clear personal problems, and Thor is something of a coming-of-age story in learning to mature and care about others. The new Man of Steel movie has um, the goal of a darker and grittier Superman, etc., etc., so given all these movies that have been so successful because of their character and plot development as superheroes with real flaws, this is why Captain America fell a little flat for me. While I think Captain has to remain a moral absolute to stay true to his character, I feel like it'd be infinitely more interesting to deal with bigger issues in World War II, like Captain America being ordered to help the internment of Japanese Americans, or finding out about extermination camps in Germany with the Holocaust, or being part of the discussion to drop the atomic bomb in Japan. Uh, something that we as a country did that would pose more of a difficult personal decision for Steve Rogers or show real character development as opposed to just stopping Red Skull. Could something like this ever happen? Is this email too long? Do I have no idea what I'm talking about? Either way, don't know if you'd answer this on the podcast, but so long as you keep making them, I'll keep listening. Thanks, Kyle. Thank you so much, Kyle, Thank for your you, email. Thank you, Kyle. Kyle, if you were ever in California, um, <laughs> please tweet us. We will certainly hang out because holy shit, that was a amazingly... Thorough. Yeah. Thorough, thorough, thorough. I gotta say my favorite part was when he's going into all these in-depth things and he goes, and the Hulk has personal problems. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> um, so, and that was that was with a good chunk of the email actually cut out. <laughs> so Well, what do you think? So my whole deal with this is that Captain America is essentially an underdog story. He's this. It is to me. It, to me, Captain America is the Rudy of the superhero movies, <laughs> <laughs> and I think he's just you know he's a scrawny kid who obviously wants to do more for his country, and then he's given the ability to do so, the opportunity, but then when he's he's put in a position of not actually being able to do anything unless he takes action for himself. So I think that's actually where his struggle lies. Is it a character flaw thing? Not necessarily. But I also don't think that it's fair to say that, you know, I don't think Thor has that much of a character flaw. It is a coming of age story, but that's just a growing up story. I don't think I don't see that as a flaw. Yeah. I see um Captain America being that his roots are very um much 
nostalgia and coming from a, a very different time when superheroes themselves were just kind of different characters. Um, I see him more as um, an Arthurian character or, or like Hercules. He's a he's an archetypal hero and maybe not necessarily yeah. supposed to have a character flaw. In, in a way, I felt like he's a very much a Marvel version of Superman and yeah. as far as character yeah. is concerned, not necessarily in, in equal in superpowers. I mean, his job was to punch Nazis. Like, let's be clear. <laughs> back yeah. in the day. An idea of a character flaw being naive. Naive uh, or struggling with, with the ideals that yeah. he once had with the ideals of, of today's society. Mm -hmm. That was actually what I, I, I had notes. This is you, you made me write notes, Kyle, damn it. <laughs> um, she what, enjoyed every moment of I it. I did, I really did. Um, but what I really enjoyed about it actually was the fact that he was so innocent. Um, and also the fact that Chris Evans is like super hot, so schwing. Um, <laughs> that was a female schwing. <laughs> that was a lady boner right there. <laughs> Um, but, and I just, just because he isn't really an anti-hero doesn't mean that he doesn't have a struggle or some sort of conflict. And I don't think that gritty should be confused with anti-hero when it comes to superhero movies. Yeah, because I don't think Batman's an anti-hero at all, but he's very gritty. I, see, I would say if any of them are going to be anti-heroes, it may be Batman, but I don't think that... No, I would say the Punisher is an anti-hero. Oh, uh, yeah, Punisher, definitely. Because he... Batman perceives himself to the Gotham community as being yeah. an anti-hero when really he's not. Yeah. Punisher will blow up a bitch. Yeah, I mean that that's just gonna happen. Yeah. Punisher spawn. Mm -hmm. Depending on his mood, the Hulk can very much be an antihero because he's always angry, right? But Thor's not an antihero. No, not at all. Nor is, nor is Iron, Iron Man. Man. No, absolutely not. And I think I also am a little reluctant sometimes to compare Marvel characters to DC characters at times, just because I feel like they may sometimes be going for different objectives. Yeah, like there's if, two different core if we're looking, If we're looking at the Avengers series versus the Dark Knight trilogy, those are two completely different objectives, I feel like. I, I agree. So to answer the second part of the question, you know, about what's going to happen next, and I know actually, Kyle, in your email, you did mention the Winter Soldier. I didn't talk about it, but um, you also admitted you didn't read any of the comics. I haven't read any of the comics, but, you know, who does know a lot about this stuff is Robert, and I really wish he was here. Yeah, I wish he was here, too. I miss him. Bam! Like Nightcrawler, he appears. Holy shit! Oh my it, god! It's Robert! <laughs> I have returned, my friends, <laughs> to to walk you through this ambiguous and dark area that is comic book movies. <laughs> I am here. So, well, First off, where have you been? I have been saving the world. Through music? Through music. Yeah, I do, I do a lot of stuff outside of work, and uh, a lot of that is music. So yeah, I've been making things. That are musical. <laughs> <laughs> Have you um, been making musicals? No. Damn. <laughs> no, no, but you're 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 warm. <laughs> I have been making music. Oh. Yes. For um, musicals. Yes. Uh, no, I do I do all that stuff outside, you know, and I, I play shows and things like that. So I've been working on a lot of things for the past few months that, that took me away from you. But now I'm back. We missed you. Yes, I could smell the comic book conversation from a mile away. <laughs> and just ran across town to get here as fast as I could. You're like my Robert sense is tingling. <laughs> Captain America, a discussion. <laughs> Let the games begin. <laughs> I'm needed. Um, so uh, let me just say too, I thought that email was great because a lot of the things that was brought up, uh, those are many things that I've thought about after watching a lot of my favorite comic book movies, especially uh, Watchmen. I love that movie, and mm -hmm. it doesn't get a lot of love. I love the book, and I love the movie. Can such a thing exist? Can such a person love both at the same time? Yes, I say. Yes, they can. But we're not here to talk about Watchmen. 
We're here to talk about Captain America and you where can, is he you going? You compare the two. I could compare the two, but no, you can't. You, you can't. Um, so did. Captain America, I uh, I agree. And actually, um, being the comic book aficionado that I am, if you don't mind me throwing out there, one big thing about Captain America's character, uh, there was a story arc a few years ago called Civil War. And uh, the idea was that all these heroes started fighting each other because uh, America wanted superheroes to register and to identify themselves. And surprisingly enough, Captain America did not want to do that. He said, no, I don't want to register. I believe in vigilante justice, which is really surprising for his character. Mm -hmm. But something was said in those story arcs that I think is very relevant to this conversation, and that's Captain America said he doesn't bend to the whim of different administrations, that throughout American history there was always going to be different administrations and different policies and different politics, that he was there to represent what America was founded on, truth, justice, freedom, the pursuit of happiness, etc., so whether or not he would have responded in a certain way based on some of those heavier topics we brought up around World War II, Captain America doesn't exist to facilitate that kind of conversation. He's, he's not, not the lapdog of the government. Yeah, he's yeah. not He's not a form for that. He, You see it in the movie, and you see it in every comic book you read. He was the you know shiny chin, bright tooth smile, hey, everybody, let's go beat the Nazis. Let's go save the day. That's the kind of character he exists to be. And I think it's important wherever Winter Soldier goes that he maintains that kind of character because he needs to be that character in Avengers 2. He's the moral standpoint for the team. He's the one guy who's got his head screwed on tightly, so to speak. I think, though, the big thing with Captain America that you can get into is the man out of time aspect. And I'm just going to throw it out there. My favorite scene from the first movie was when he actually woke up in New York and he goes running down the street and he kind of stops and they do the one, the 360 of of Times Square. And it's got the big swelling overture, dun, dun, Mm -hmm. dun. And you kind of feel this sense of the man surrounded by the monster. I really love that. And I think that's going to be a continuing thread in uh, Captain America 2, Winter Soldier. It's going to be, what's it like to be a man from the 40s living in a world with all this different weaponry and all this different technology and all these different moral values? Bluetooth. Flying ships that can go in and out of the water as they please. And I think that's going to be his challenge. And to your point, David, maybe it is naive. Maybe he's come into this world, which you already saw in Avengers. He thought he could trust Nick Fury. And he found all the hydro weaponry on board the ship. And he's like, wait a second. I thought I could trust S.H.I.E.L.D., but maybe I can't trust S.H.I.E.L.D. So I think that's going to be a big thing for him. Because he's not a man who really deals very well with gray areas. No, no. His world is very black and white. Uh, Case in point, when he's on the ship, when uh, Thor and Iron Man are duking it out, and Mm -hmm. Black Widow says, we're dealing with a god, Cap. And he's like, my god doesn't wear capes. There's only one god, man. He doesn't wear a cape, cape, exactly. (laughs) He's, He's a very classic kind of just well-rounded yeah. good guy. I felt, I, I actually, I love, that's my one of my yeah. favorite lines from that movie because like that's such a Captain America yeah. thing to say. He's just so old school. And if you read the Ultimate Comics, that's a big thing for him too because the Avengers is based heavily on the first arc of the Ultimates Volume 1 and there's a really cool scene where Captain America is standing outside and he looks up to the sky and Nick Fury says, what's wrong, Cap? And he says, I used to think I had it figured out. It was very simple. There was God and there was good and evil and now these aliens have come to Earth and all of a sudden it, it doesn't matter my faith, it doesn't matter what's good or what's evil, all that matters is we can't stop them and the world is going to end. And I thought that was a really cool idea about what what that would look like for a character mm-hmm. like this. What would it be like to be a good old fashioned <laughs> boy looking at aliens coming out of the sky? Like, that's gotta be a trip, right? Right. This is pre-War of the Worlds, remember, so. Um, as far as what's gonna happen, uh, we know for sure Bucky is coming back. Uh, his sidekick Bucky is another character called the Winter Shoulder, Soldier. Excuse mm-hmm. me, there's my Sean coming out. Soldier, the Winter Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Bucky, as it turns out in the comic books, was uh, found by the Russians and they 
somehow found a way to preserve him over time as well. And they wake him up right about the same time Captain America wakes up, which I'm sure is coincidental at best. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> he is uh, he is the opposite of Captain America. So he is a man out of time who is being cultured by the communists. And he represents the communist regime. And you have some great story arcs and battles uh, over the years with Captain America and Bucky butting heads. Uh, former friends who are completely divided by politics and belief. Uh, and if you paid attention to the movie... Uh, Bucky was on the slab with uh, Dr. Arnim Zola. He was lying on the table mm. when Captain First finds him. And then yeah. if you look in the background, yeah. there's actually a schematic of some kind of surgery that Arnim Zola was doing to Bucky. So my theory is he's actually not found by the Russians. Uh, I'm actually willing to bet that in Captain America 2, he was found by the remnants of Hydra. And, and Hydra was just keeping him. Yep, yeah, this is going to be the return of Hydra in some kind of way. Uh, and also that's furthered by the appearance of a character called Crossbones, who is the confirmed villain for Captain America 2. And Crossbones uh, is a guy that wears a mask. And would you believe there's a skull on the mask? No shit. Yeah, yeah. But he's not Red Skull. He actually is part of a something called the Brotherhood of the Skull. And that's basically a cult dedicated to reviving the Red Skull. So whether or not we see Red Skull in Captain America 2, I don't know. But what we are going to see is a man who wears a skull mask and is physically stronger than Captain America and much more violent and ruthless. So that's going to be interesting to see what the Red Skull could potentially look like in a 2000s version of a more violent, more rounded kind of character. Interesting. Yep. The one thing I thought that I just wanted to comment on uh, was that you said that Captain America does not bow to the whims of certain administrations. Yep. And that's kind of a little ironic because now one of the bigger changes in the Marvel comic universe is that Captain America is now the president. That's an ultimate comics. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. an idea they're playing around yeah. with. Yeah. They, uh, oh, that's cool. The people chose Cap. And uh, he is now, I don't know how long that's going to be, if it even lasted past one issue, but he is now the president of the United States. Well, uh, you know, he can only have a four-year term. Is he in the uniform the whole time? Like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, you see him yeah. swearing on the book, and he's wearing the full, yeah, <laughs> the full yeah. like, little star and the A and the wings. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. With he's the shield in hand. Like <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that, that's a really cool, interesting thing about him is that he doesn't bend. He believes in America as he sees it, a, a true and honest force in the world that can do good. <laughs> And uh, no matter what's thrown at him, he always maintains that uh, his moral compass is always pointing north, so to speak. And he always stands his ground. Okay. Um, Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. And uh, just to kind of wrap up the subject before we move on to something else, but I just want to kind of go around the table and say, how do you guys feel about Captain America as a standalone movie, standalone character, not necessarily with the Avengers? I think if they're going to do Captain America 2, do we know if Joe Johnston is going to be involved or no? Nope. Uh, I don't know their names, and you'll forgive me, but it's uh, two directors. I think they may be brothers, and their credits are a lot of TV roles. More recently, they did some episodes of Community. Hmm. Yes, Interesting. which is a very brave and interesting choice on Marvel's part. Yeah. I feel with Captain America, the first Avenger, it was great up until he rescued Bucky because I feel like the development, for the most part, stopped. There was a very stagnant portion of the movie where they were just kicking ass, kicking ass, kicking ass. Up until the ending where he has to fly the ship into the Arctic. Sorry if I'm ruining the movie for anybody, but you know. Dude, it's been like you've a had year, year and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Seen, if you haven't seen it, don't listen. Yeah, you knew the Shame risks on you. you were taking when you subscribed. It just it felt like there wasn't enough personal conflict at that point. Because, okay, yes, he finally convinced, he finally got, like you said, if it's an underdog story, he got his shot, mm-hmm. right? And then it all of a sudden evolved into another story uh, about sacrifice. And that wasn't made clear enough to me getting in toward the third act of the movie. It, I think they needed to keep it consistent along the way. The whole movie could have been him proving himself. But he was going to take her dancing. And they could they could have still worked that in, you know? <laughs> uh, just Yeah, they could have gone dancing. Yeah. So I think as long as, <laughs> as long as the story is consistent, then I'm all for it. I loved seeing Captain America on screen. I loved seeing Chris mm-hmm. Evans. I was very 
skeptical of Chris Evans because he was already the Human Torch, and like, there's an unspoken rule in comic book movies, which is you don't cast the same person to play two different characters. Right. In the without same a, universe. Well, not even in the same universe. There was a rule where you didn't do it, period, without horrible failure. Look at Halle Berry playing Storm and Catwoman. Look at Ryan Reynolds playing both the Green Lantern and Deadpool. Mm. And, um, Both of which movies are not going to get made. And right, exactly. <laughs> so horrible repercussions. But right. Chris Evans is also a really great actor. Mm-hmm. And he totally made Steve Rogers a completely different character, physically, emotionally, mentally, than Johnny Storm. Yeah. And yep. pulled it off extremely well. And now, actually, I, I, I'm excited. I, he was great. As Captain America. Brian just got himself really excited there. It was kind of cute. You're like, ah, I'm so excited. It's like a, like a kid in Christmas morning, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You have to be indignant about it, man. <laughs> so, Robert, Bro. what do you think of, of Captain America as a standalone movie? Well, the interesting thing with two is that he is going to have a team. Um, Scarlett Johansson is going to be back as Black Widow, and the Falcon is finally going to be making his, mm. his appearance in the Marvel Universe. That's awesome. So he's at least going to have two people behind him, mm-hmm. not quite unlike the end of Avengers with Hawkeye and Black Widow going off with him. Do we know who uh, Falcon's going to be? I yet? do. I know who it is, and I can't think of his name off the top of my head, but uh, a good choice, good actor, I think, and um, I'm sure we can bring him up sometime. Or we have an iPad next to us, which we can look him up. He'll be great. He'll be great. And I look forward to seeing it. Um, my theory is that he's going to be a S.H.I.E.L.D. scientist, and he's going to be like, oh, look at what I've built. Wings. I can fly. <laughs> nice. um, so that being said... Uh, is he really standalone? I mean, they're they're doing their best to surround him by surround him with interesting characters from the Marvel universe. We now have interesting villains. His co-pilot from the first movie, Bucky, is coming back. He'll be a villain, sure, but I'm sure by the end of the movie he'll be some kind of like he'll make the ultimate sacrifice to save Cap from Crossbones. He'll take the bullet to save Cap, or just he'll turn. Yeah, or he'll turn good, and yeah. then we'll get the Winter Soldier as he is now, which is kind of a a little bit of an anti-hero actually to keep that word going, keep that in the conversation. Yeah. Well, I mean, he also has been Captain America, too. and he's been Captain America as well. The actor who will be playing the Falcon is uh, Anthony Mackie, supposedly. The name sounds very familiar. Show the show the picture because yeah. you, you'll know him when you see him. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. That's actually a really good choice. I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that. Uh, So they're playing him cautiously, right? I mean, the Mm -hmm. first movie, yeah, it was a little bit weird. It was the 1940s. There was laser guns in the 40s. It's a little bit of a strange pill to digest. But I really, I agree with you, Brian. I love just seeing him and just seeing that kind of atmosphere and that environment. I think the second movie is really where we're going to see, okay, what's it like to have this guy in the modern era wearing that ridiculously blue suit Mm -hmm. running around with modern technology, with modern threats, so to speak? And to be fair, we kind of got a taste of that in the Avengers. Yeah, when he has the yeah. assault just, rifle, mm-hmm. that's yeah. cool. Or, that, I just I love that when he gets assaulted by the aliens and he just beats the crap out of them without batting an eyelash. It's yeah. like Captain's yeah. badass. He is. All right, Dave, what do you think? I am nowhere near comic book knowledge as Brian. And, this is why and, I want to hear your opinion, actually. Right. So, well, I'm just refreshing the, uh, the, the listeners. listeners if they haven't been playing the the home game. Um, I enjoyed the first one. I probably would have to side with Kyle on this where it did feel like it was a setup movie and it really it was the last one in that list of singular movies to help propel the Avengers. To be honest, a lot they all were setup movies and they all kind of felt that way because you knew mm-hmm. going into it that there was going to be this end game of them all coming together. I enjoyed the movie. Um, for someone who's not ever read a comic book with Captain America in it, it gave you just enough to where you could feel uh, like you were a part of the family, and then it took you off. I would probably have to also agree with Brian that there was 
little development. I mean, once once the action kicks in, it became a full blown action movie, and it was like John McClane <laughs> kind of taking on the Nazis almost in that sense that there was nothing but explosions and one liners and the shield being thrown and the fight with Red Skull and and so on. And so it was definitely a movie that I, I thoroughly enjoyed, but it, I would. <laughs> primarily have to say that it, for me it was a setup movie and i am interested to see what they're going to do with winter soldier now that i know that it is still going to take place for, for a brief second there i thought it was going to be somehow they went back in time and like he's still in the 40s and but no it's a it, it's gonna be an interesting thing to see that whole as robert said you know man versus the monster where he's tr- trying to adapt and fully see it because like i said you, know, you saw it in the avengers but it was just a taste here you're going to get a full movie where he's having to adjust and and, and really kind of find out who he is which I think will be an interesting story because yeah. he kind of figured that out in the first one, and now he has to refind it in this yeah. next one. And yeah, there's a lot of psychological trauma he's dealing with, with that because he's also dealing with the fact that I can't even remember her name. What's her name? Agent Carter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Peggy. Is, Peggy. Peggy Carter is gone oh. at this point, or if she is, she's 90 years old at this well, point. Well, he he is going to meet her granddaughter, Sharon Carter. Who's and, is it played by Haley Atwell? Uh, as well? I don't know, but he does strike up a relationship with her granddaughter. Yeah, it's, it's comic books. Come on, guys. Well, he never danced with Peggy, did he? So no. it's okay. There was uh, just looking so. across the room. Thank I you very so. much. But maybe she's going to hold a lot of resentment <laughs> because she's going to say, like, you could have ejected the plane. And Did you guys, did you watch the deleted scenes on Avengers, by any chance? There was a scene where he's very depressed, right? There is a really killer scene where he's watching footage from World War II, and you actually see a clip of him storming the beaches of Normandy, which suggests that Captain America as a standalone movie didn't reflect the amount of time that actually transposed and how long he was there. Because you see, it, like you said, it's like 30 minutes of action. But what you're really supposed to be taking in is that this is six months, this is a year, this is a really long time for this guy. Mm-hmm. So all the in-between adventures, maybe there's something to be said about Bucky or what he goes through throughout the end of World War II. Interesting. Hmm. Thank you, Kyle, for your submission. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> to a good yeah. discussion. You see what I mean, you did to us? You got us talking for like <laughs> 20 minutes about Captain America. <laughs> see, and I liked the movie. I thought it was, from a popcorn perspective, I thought it was really enjoyable. And I thought that it was done in a, a smart context to make it digestible for a modern audience because of the fact that he's such an old school character. Yeah, I, I thought it was really good. I thought I think it's kind of easy to trivialize the character. And I think that with it being a, a prep for the Avengers and with the Avengers movie, with these, you know, with the impending impending sequel coming up, I think there's a, a lot more room for growth and I think a lot more room for the people who aren't quite on board yet to get on board. You have two more Captain America sequels coming your way because they're doing yeah. three waves of this thing. Hang tight. Hang tight, Kyle. You might you might appreciate it. Do you mean by waves? You mean a whole other round of oh, individual yeah. so characters and then I, another Avengers movie? Yes. Wow. And then they're doing a third round of individual movies that lead up to the third Avengers movie. He signed for six. All the while, they're also doing Guardians of the Galaxy as yes. well. Marvel's busy. Busy, I busy, am, busy. I am so excited for all of that, actually. More Chris Evans, please. Well, think Thank about you. it. I mean, it was... Marvel's got thousands and thousands of stories that they can just pull from their source material and be like, oh, this is a movie, this is a movie. And now that they're own production company, they never have to worry about ideas, ever. So you think they'd pull from their comic book base to make adaptations, basically, of, of a lot course, of the main yeah. storylines? Mm-hmm. I mean, right now they're doing the Avenger thing, and then they're going to do the Guardians of the Galaxy, and then once that dries up, you know... Well, there, there's, there's speculation <laughs> they'll either that, reboot it. There's speculation that Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be a setup for Avengers 2, because Probably. it's going to deal with the Thanos and the Infinity Gauntlet more. It's actually going to be the first Wave 3 movie. It's coming out after the Avengers. Yep. Oh, so it'll gosh. be the first, first movie of Wave 3 for Marvel. But it would set up another... Yeah, yeah. Another whole... 
Is that a replacement of Iron Man 4? <laughs> this is hypothetically the last uh, Robert Downey. His contract is up with Iron Man 3, so they gotta they gotta figure something out for Avengers 2. They gotta hand him a big suitcase full of money. They not better. Iron Man he suits. makes if oh that that would be interesting. It'd to be see. very hard to see anybody else as oh, Tony yeah. Stark. I, so. yeah. my, my inner child and nerd would rage. I would flip tables. I would <laughs> I would have a Bruce Banner moment. I don't ever want to see yeah. Robert Downey go anywhere. Watch, they're going to be like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, you can play him. Everyone's going to be like, what, what? the fuck? No. <laughs> I don't think so. We loved you in Dark Knight Rises, but get out of here. That would be yeah. really, really bad casting, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. As much as we all love Joseph Gordon-Levitt. You know? Oh, and I love Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Like, don't get me wrong, but... Me too. <laughs> <laughs> so he's the new flavor of the, of the week, huh, guys? That's good. Huh. Well, you, huh. speaking of adaptations, you know, Sarah, you found a really good article today about, was it MacGyver was being made? Into yeah, a they're making a MacGyver movie. But here's the funny part. Guess who's directing it? The same guy who directed Insidious and Saw. Whoa. They're getting a Justin hor- Lin? I was trying to pull up the article. I was like, oh, crap, oh, okay. we don't have the article prepped. I believe Justin Lin was the guy who did the Fast and Furious movies. Ah. I don't want to see what that kind of MacGyver would build with the things in his pockets. <laughs> we gotta get out of this place. Right. I crazy? built a saw and there's also a gun attached to it. Yeah. I built a laser <laughs> and, and, I, and a robotic that, pig. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it haunts me. <laughs> that still floats around subject. in your brain. And it just floats around in your mind. You're just waiting to use it. Like one day Robert will James come back to this Wan. podcast and then I'm James just gonna Wan. destroy him. Or Wan. W-A-N. Well played. <laughs> I've got the article off of um, Film School Rejects, which is a great movie website if you guys are looking for something to peruse. And just the intro for this thing says, while we're all busy dreaming of a new MacGruber movie, New Line has gone ahead and started to put together the pieces of their new MacGyver feature, like so many bits of paperclip, string, tiny plastic, animal figurines, and unpopped but still lusciously buttery popcorn kernels. Because by doing that, they're just sort of piecing something together to make a freaking MacGyver movie. Do you think that Richard Dean Anderson will make a cameo? No. No? You don't no, think so? I don't think so. Unless it's like MacGyver's son or something. Our sound our, guy. Our mime is is commenting on no, his uh, on the guy's weight. Harpo, come on. What's going Appar- on? Apparently, he, <laughs> apparently the actor's now a lard ass. <laughs> he was a guest star on uh, the MacGruber sketches early on. As himself, as MacGyver, because I think MacGruber was supposed to be like MacGyver's stepbrother, was it? I don't know. And they were side by side, and he looked okay. I will just say, if you've ever seen any of the Stargate spinoffs, he is quite fat. <laughs> All right, then. He's fat in Stargate. Okay. Thank no, you. I don't think that doesn't mean he can be in the... He can show up in the movie, right? Sure. Yeah, no, totally absolutely. Cool. No, no, no. Hollywood's fattest. I don't know. I, I would not really be in favor of it. Just be, you know... The of the MC. movie itself? Or Richard Dean Anderson being fat and him being in it. <laughs> no, whatever. Careful. Uh, going back. Words carefully. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to address the core question here, which was, which was why? Yeah. Why? There have been so many adaptations of TV shows that have failed. And it just, this is another example of them fucking milking the cash cow. And just, I'm bored. I'm ready to move on. Is nothing sacred? MacGyver should be sacred. <laughs> I feel like I'm doing a Magnum P.I. movie. I was about to say that. And check it out. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> Are you serious? Uh, do I look like I'm joking? I am serious. Get that man a mustache. You would have to have like, oh have, like hair grafting surgery to grow that mustache on his face. Uh. <laughs> I, think, and I think that's, I mean, if you think about it, I mean, if Hollywood's running out of ideas, right? 
you know, if they're if they're really scraping the bottom of the barrel, TV is the next source for them to pull from because who wouldn't want to relive those memories? I mean, case in point, I know we're a film podcast, but everyone's childhood show. Everyone remember Boy Meets World? Yes. Yes. Right. They're making a sequel to that series. Oh, As yeah. a TV series. Girl, As a TV series. Girl Meets World. Spinoff, basically. Girl Meets World. That wasn't very clever. But Corey and Topanga, Ben Savage and Danielle Fischel. Yeah. Is that last name? Yeah, she's, they're coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get it, Simon Guy. You, you, you don't want to see it. I understand. Well, and then, and Corey's going to be. Please get the gun be, out of your mouth. The most. <laughs> mi- Corey's going to be the seventh grade teacher. He's going to be the new Mr. Feeney. Essentially. And then his daughters and his his thirteen year old daughters in the class, and she's got a sidekick friend who's kind of who, like Sean. Who's kind of like who? Her name is Shauna. I, that's not no, true. Not. I don't know. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I'm believing every word you're saying. So, like no. seriously, you're wielding dangerous power here. <laughs> no, she she really is going to have like a little sidekick Excellent. friend who's a little bit of a slacker, doesn't do so well in academics, but has a lot of friends. Is she going to have an older sullen. sister who starts off the series really smart and ends the series really dumb? No, right? Poor Wilfredell. <laughs> Actually, oh, hey, you know, it was fun. He, no, he, it was fun, but he go oh, he just got dumber and dumber as the seasons went on. You know, I actually heard there was an explanation for that. And I don't know whether to believe it or not, but it Repeated was Repeated head trauma? He grew up as Corey's perception of his older brother became more truthful. That as you're younger, oh. you, you idolize your older brother. And then as you go older, I mean, you get to see him as he that, really was. That, that doesn't make it like better, but that's okay. It's reading a lot okay. into it, but that sounds like a good fan theory. Yeah. I think it's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's brilliant. Well, actually, they do have two children. I did I read that there are two children too, in the series. I think it's brilliant, which is why I don't think that the writers okay. thought of so, that. I think she's got a... I think it's a brother, and I believe that's the younger brother. I don't know. It's an older brother that picks on her. Are they aging so, up Corey and Topanga then? Because they've only that show's only been out there like ten years. Well, if you think about but it, they got ten- married at the end. Hey, yeah, that's enough like time. The last season. That's no, they, they got married. They, had, they were married for a full season, so they yeah, got married. Still, like at most, they would have a ten-year-old girl. Not Who's somebody with an iPad. Look when. Um, okay, he's already looking at sound it. guys when, on when, it. When but the, the reason why end. I brought this up, I didn't mean for us to digress on it, is that you know that's the point though, right? Is that Hollywood's dry on ideas, and so it's creating new things. So who wouldn't want to see? a movie version of the TV show that they once loved. I mean, case in point, I don't know if it's still in production or if it's still in a state of limbo, but 24 is being made into an actual feature-length movie. I'm going to throw out a principle here, as I've done in the past, and we can debate it, I think. Decree it! If the original creators of the show are not involved with the film version of it, it should not be made. Oh, wow. Which would allow the exceptions for 24 and Miami Vice... Because Michael Mann was involved with the TV show as well as the... <sighs> Such a bad movie. Yeah, but, okay, I, nevertheless... Okay, th- okay, we're not saying good movies here because... I'm, just, I'm sorry, quality, I said a Quality is a separate a clause. This is just the validity of that movie. Okay, okay, so because this is nerds on film, let's talk about something I'm sure most of us hold sacred. Firefly and Serenity. Valid. I'm going to say, if you don't navigate this conversation cautiously, I will flip the table and I will throw down. So choose your words wisely. David, I'm looking at you. What? <laughs> I right. love Serenity. I, I only discovered this show this year. Like, I'm way behind on the curve. And you Amazing, watch, right? You watch four episodes of it and you're like, okay, cool, cool, cool. And by the fifth episode, like, you're out hooked. of nowhere, you're 
like biological clock you just snap you're like i will kill for this show there's <laughs> nothing i won't do for this show i love this show like you you're, you're telling me you developed strong maternal bonds <laughs> i love he's like a mama bear serenity the was my was my gate into the entire universe because uh, someone was like oh you should oh, watch so you this movie so you saw serenity first i saw serenity first serenity's the movie for those of you which who is don't the follow-up to the first season of firefly yeah well firefly yeah it's the was... second season in, in movie form essentially yeah. so let, let's just preface this for those of you who don't know firefly was a tv show lasted for one season created by joss whedon with the wonderful nathan fillion in it and a bunch of like fantastic adam baldwin and alan tudyk yes mm-hmm. or tudyk however you pronounce his name i think it's the, the latter yeah got great critic reviews mm-hmm. but horrible ratings unfortunately and you want to know why i know why i know why time I know slot why. time slot yes nine o'clock on fridays right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it was that it was the plus slot. the fact that the pilot that they aired was Actually, in chronological order, the second episode in the oh. way that Jaws Wheaton had written it. Oh. The actual pilot, which explains nothing. Everything. Yeah. The actual pilot, and, and Robert, you can, I'm sure you've seen it, right? <laughs> like, like, the actual pilot shows, shows the war, it shows Mal's yeah. past, everything was, they were like, nah, that's not a good episode. We're not going to make that the first episode we watch. So when people started watching the show, they had no clue what was going on. Oh, Because they're like, who the fuck are these people? Why are they friends? Mm -hmm. What's happening? And it was because they didn't show the original pilot. Had they shown the original pilot, I surmise that this show would still be on. Yeah, and unfortunately, it's too late to bring it back, I think. Oh, no, it's not going to make a comeback. I think everybody's kind of... Aside from the fans, like, and having the cult following, I don't think it'll have a place well, not on only, TV. Not only that, but also, I mean, Nathan Fillion's well involved with the castle at yeah, this point. Yeah. Oh, he dropped that like a hot potato to go back on this Firefly. Yeah. I, I guarantee it. Can I just say, I love Nathan Fillion? Cause he's, I love Nathan Fillion. Like, if, if you want to talk about a guy who could replace Chris Evans as Captain America, he could totally do it. Just oh, only based on the Woody Allen version. Well, when he, no, when he did, well, because when he played Captain Hammer in um, Dr. Horrible Sing Along Blog, it was pretty classic. And by hammer, I mean, I mean my, my penis. penis. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, it's strange, the mystique of Firefly. It really, really is. Mm-hmm. That's definitely one of those shows that, like, after you finish watching it, it just stays with you for so long. And I can't figure it out because it's an older show now. And you go mm-hmm. back and watch it, and it's like the effects were exactly what they were back then. And you can definitely see airing it out of order and other little things like that, mm-hmm. how the show suffered from external forces trying to make it into something that it wasn't. Thanks, well, Fox. Let's let's be fair, too, because other sci-fi TV shows, with the exception of Star Trek, sci-fi shows, with those exceptions, don't tend to be all that successful when it comes to national TV. They, they tend to find more of an audience on a, on like a cable network yeah. more mm-hmm. than anything. And so mm-hmm. I don't think Fox had full faith in the project no. to begin with. Well, to be fair to Fox as well, they have taken more risks than most networks have on sci-fi. They brought us Stargate. They gave us Firefly. They gave us Space Above and Beyond. So yeah, Fringe. some of those some of those shows did disappear and mm-hmm. didn't last as long as a lot of us had hoped, but they may not have aired had it not been for Fox. I really think that Fox, to piggyback on that, has has made a lot of missteps in shows and that they've pulled and so on and so forth, most notably being Family Guy, right? That show was canceled and then it was brought back by fan viewership. And I think something like that made them aware that if there's the fan base for it, you should probably keep it around because you're going to have a steady viewing audience, which is why I'm convinced that's why Fringe is still on. Because the fan base is there, but it's in a death time slot. I mean, it's on a Friday night at like 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock at night. I mean, That was the time slot that killed Dollhouse, too. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of feel like Fringe has become the new X-Files. Oh, it is. 100%. Even even in the sense that it's also moved time slots, because X-Files was on Sundays at 9 o'clock for Mm -hmm. so long. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and it rocked that time slot. And then Robert Patrick got onto it, and they're like, oh, Friday, Friday, put it on Friday. <laughs> <laughs> well, you think about it, too. Like, we, we live in a post-lost world when it comes to television. So our shows have to have answers. And they have to give you some kind of resolve. And I think a really good example of that is Battlestar Galactica. Do you see that look? That's the look right. of David Fulton. I love in love the with fact you. that you said it that way because <laughs> yeah, I post, believe. Because Lost changed it everything. Lost fucked TV up. I mean, <laughs> it, this was, I mean sorry to curse, but I mean, it, it, it did. It changed the face of television. I mean, I love, I love Battlestar Galactica with all mm-hmm. my heart. Like, I think it's one of the most profound television shows ever, but there's definitely something to be said by the time you get to the end of the fourth season, you definitely feel like you're done and you're ready for a separation, and you're ready to kind of move on with your life. Mm -hmm. And I would wonder, like, I love Firefly, but I love Firefly based on what I experienced, which was one short season that was way too short. I'm the kind of person that I would never want to take a risk by souring that experience by giving Firefly five seasons. Where right. something happened, you know, along the way. What if Joss left the show? What if You're Fox got too in there? Yeah, basically. Well, the thing that frustrates me, and I, I feel like I may have mentioned it on another podcast. I'm not sure, but my problem with who else are you podcasting with, Sarah? I'm saying I think I feel I'm like just it's giving, come just, up it's on a joke. Just, just go. Well, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going. Don't I'm do not it. going to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was so hoping you would. <laughs> it was a moment. I let it go. Sean has no place in this podcast today. (laughs) (laughs) Just keep going before I slip into it. Just go. Just go. So I I feel like like my problem with Serenity was it could have been – it shows me what Firefly could have been Mm -hmm. if it it stuck around, what the story could have been expanded to. Um, I feel like the grand overall arc that they were trying to shoot for that they were going to have with the TV show was compressed too much into the movie. Mm. So I feel like in a sense of trying to give that resolve, I appreciated the you know, there was a resolution, but it made me miss the TV show that Mm. much Mm. more. Mm -hmm. And I think that's kind of a, a definitely a standout when we're talking about TV shows getting adapted into movies, because that one was was a resolution. So what are other ones that are sort of like rehashings, like the A-Team or Adam's Family? Sex in the City. Sex in the City. Sex in the City. Oh, Jesus. Which is, again, valid, but not necessarily good in quality, you know? Okay, so when Sarah and I were dating, she she dragged me to go see that movie. Yeah, I did. We're going to say the word drag. Okay, so let me put it this way. I very much enjoyed the Sex and the City TV show. Y'all can hate me all you want. That's fine. But I enjoyed these sort of like ridiculous grand caricatures of weird women Talking about sex, because I don't know if you guys know this, but sex is one of my favorite topics. So there, you know. there is no universe, <laughs> there is no place in my mind where Firefly and Sex in the City can come up in a conversation <laughs> back to back so quickly. <laughs> it happened. Yet here we are, <laughs> standing <laughs> on the edge of infinity, <laughs> talking about Sex in the City. So this is where the sidewalk. Well, ends. I gotta say, it was probably. <laughs> The only reason why I brought it up so quickly is because it's the only adapted TV show that, that was a, a movie that actually, well, that got a sequel. Let, let's not even talk the about sequel's that. stupid. But that actually did what I think a TV show into a movie should have done, right? For somebody who has never watched an episode of Sex and the City other than to just see women get naked, if we're going to be honest, full they disclosure. They don't even do it that often. I'll allow it. Thank you. <laughs> so I was dragged to go see it. I was not expecting much, but I walked out actually enjoying it because not only was it a TV show, but it was a legitimate <laughs> chick flick and for anyone that knows who i am i am a sucker for chick flicks yes you are i think that chick flicks are fun and i think that's what made that movie the reason why i think sex in the city worked out so well was because not only was it a tv show but it also appealed to an audience 
who had never watched the show before. Within the opening credits, if you've never seen the show before in your entire life, it gave you just enough background so you, you were like, oh, okay, great. This is what the show's about. Let's move on and let's enjoy the movie as a movie. And then they should have stopped there. And then they made a sequel and they just tried to capitalize on yeah, it. Yeah, and, and that was, it just got worse. Well, Hollywood trying to capitalize on something. What? You know what this reminds me uh, of? Mind have blown. you guys heard they're making another Ghostbusters? <laughs> oh my God, I swear to God, Robert. <laughs> Don't, don't get me started on it again. We should talk about this and incessantly. Uh, <laughs> I immediately think of some really bad adaptations of TV shows. That I got a list the, if in, you want it. In the mid-90s. Ooh. One that screams out to me from the heavens. X-Files. Maybe from the depths of hell more is the Beverly Hillbillies. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I've forgotten about that. Yeah. yeah we, a lot of us had. I cannot, unfortunately. Well, because now I can. Ernest. Yeah. Jim, Jim Barney. Barney was Jed Clampett. Can we just move on? Like you've mentioned it. Can we just not even go into depth about, what about that one? What about the Coneheads? The Coneheads, absolutely. Well, to be, does that really count? Because that was a sketch. It was a sketch, but still it was still based. an adaptation mm. from a TV show. Well, right. It's one of those, uh, it's that weird apocrypha of SNL mm. adaptations. Right, because then you'd have to bring in their Wayne's World. Blues. And Wayne's World was awesome. And Wayne's, Wayne's World was, was great. awesome. Yeah. I actually, Also I valid, because it was made by Lauren Michaels. Yes. He was produced by Lord Michael. Yes. Yeah. Okay. SNL movies kind of have their own place their own in moviedom. Blues Brothers, of course, as well. Ladies the first one. Yep. Oh mm-hmm. God, ladies, man! man. Superstar, oh. Night at the Roxbury. Yep. Oh God. The only oh, part of Superstar Pat. that's still does with anybody it. remember it's Pat. Oh, I do remember it's Pat. <laughs> He's a senator, I'm... ladies and gentlemen. That man is a sender. Does Wait, anyone remember Stuart? Yeah. Stuart saves his family. What? Who? Stuart Smalley. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. Oh. And doggone it, oh. people like me. That's that's what he I meant. made. Yeah. He made Stuart saves his family. He made a whole movie about it. Actually, a very good movie because Vincent D'Onofrio is in that movie. He plays his older brother. It's basically about he comes from a horribly dysfunctional family. Who the hell is this? Stuart Smalley. The you know, Daily Affirmations with Stuart Smalley. It was the SNL sketch. Yeah. It's Al Franken looking in the mirror. He's got oh. the big blonde. I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. And doggone it, people like me, you know? Sure. Re- wow. Yeah. So you understand. No, you know yeah. what I'm talking no, about. I'm, yeah. I'm with you. So it's just David's I'm just the fetus in the room. It's fine, guys. <laughs> it's just, carry on. <laughs> We, it never really got an audience because I don't think it was ever on I don't think theaters. When, I think it was. I in, don't think when somebody was, says, "Oh, look, there's an SNL sketch that's being made into a movie," that someone goes, "Man, this is going to be amazing!" Because their track record is very, very but, small. Yeah, to be fair, though, Blues Brothers is probably one of the most iconic yes. oh, films absolutely. of all time, and, and, and that was a sketch. Yeah, and they yeah. made a sequel out of it. I think Blues Brothers yeah. and Wayne's World are the two that mm-hmm. like have been successful. Mm-hmm. The most mission successful. from God. Yeah. Right, and Wayne's World again also married a sequel. Well, so did Blues Brothers, but that was bad. But the Blues Brothers two thousand was literally the same movie, just with John Goodman. Yeah, and, and a, a kid. kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sound guy is getting very. He's angry. very angry that we're even mentioning two thousand. Oh my god! What I'm other sorry. Uh, what other TV shows? Josie and the Pussycats. Oh, oh my god. god! Okay, not Coke is a new Pepsi. Okay, what? here's the thing though. Can I just say I rewatched that movie relatively recently? Were it's you drinking not, wine? N- it's not. As bad as I remember it. We also have to mention Scooby Doo then, if we're gonna go into. Oh, the Scooby Doo one was terrible. If we're gonna go into Hanna Barbera cartoons. But Josie and the Pussycats actually had a a message. Yeah, it was all about consumerism. Yeah, but I was like, Scooby Doo was. What's your point? Spice World was the shit. (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. No, she's not. I'm totally (laughs) kidding. Oh my god, no! I loved that movie when I was in sixth grade. It was awesome. <laughs> um, okay, what else is on the list of TV shows um, that see. got made into oh, movies? Oh, The Simpsons. We can talk about The Simpsons hey, movie. Here's let's my thing with The Simpsons. A lot Please. of people, a lot of people rail on The Simpsons, saying, "Oh, the later years. It's not as good as it used to be." But it is the longest-running sitcom in American history, mm-hmm. and it has changed with us as we've aged. So when I saw the movie, 
it wasn't necessarily the most laugh out loud episode of The Simpsons I'd ever seen, but I thought it was a great story. I yeah. thought it was fantastic. I loved the movie, and I stopped watching The Simpsons in 2005. I was elected to lead, not <laughs> read. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I loved the movie. Actually, I, when I went back and rewatched the movie, I was like, oh man, this is... It's I remember good. why I loved The Simpsons, why I was so obsessed with it throughout all of high school. Yeah. So, Have you guys heard the, the super secret Easter egg with all the uh, McBain movies? Uh, so if you watch the first, this has been confirmed. Uh, yeah, I think it was Crack.com where I saw the article. If you watch the first two or three seasons of The Simpsons, anytime Bart is watching TV and it shows like a quick clip of mm-hmm. McGruber, what was it? Mc, uh, McBain. McBain, yeah, McBain. You, if you take those clips and oh, stitch them I together. Oh, I did hear that. It's a full movie. It's, it's like a, it's a five minute, it's a full five minute story. It's Holy an actual shit. story and you can see it on YouTube. It's mind-blowingly <laughs> cool. Awesome. Yeah. So audience, uh, please press pause, <laughs> go back and enjoy the little five minute thing. We'll wait. Welcome, Welcome back. back. Welcome back. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> I've been out of my element too long. <laughs> now, the Simpsons movie, I think that was one that was, a lot of people railed on as Robert said, but it was, Totally valid because it was finally time that they were able to show penis. Oh, that yeah. They, they really, showed Bart's penis. Yeah. yeah. I thought that was hilarious that they did everything they could to block it. And then just when you least yeah. expect it. They broke a lot of rules in that. I mean, they uh, finally. They had Homer flipping the people yeah. off. Also, he's going into the quicksand or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I also love it. I'll teach you to laugh at things that are funny. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they use writers from almost every season? They had something like something insane collective of writers. Wow. I can someone IMDb that and see how yeah. many writers there was were, something was with the crafting of the movie. movie. Yeah. Oh yeah, because there were tons and tons of people. Uh, what's uh, what else is on the list? Let's see here. Oh, Lost in Space. Oh my God. Mr. Bean. Oh, Mr. Bean takes a well, he had like three movies, didn't he? Yeah, He's had two, like I think. They made yeah. a sequel. I haven't seen the sequel. Oh my God, Lost in Space. I was on yeah, TV so the other day. The graphics. I, oh. Can you remember? Because like, it's 1998. Matt LeBlanc in a movie, first of all. Hey, Joey can act. Gary Oldman Ish. could not save that movie. I'm no, he could not. Nor but could William Hurt or Mimi Rogers or Heather Graham. Like, they had all these people who are great. And I, they would, had just, I wouldn't put Heather Graham on the list of great. She's, she's good. She's good. She's good. I wouldn't put her on great. I think she gets uh, a bad rap. Yeah, I think she gets a bad rap. Maybe. Yeah. So does Matt LeBlanc. If you watch, uh, since we're talking about TV, if you watch a show called Episodes, brilliant, brilliant show. 15 writers the Simpsons movie had. Isn't that nuts? Holy shit. But that, that's respect for your that's pedigree. Like a se- yeah, yeah, that's like a season. They all sat in the room. Uh, Get Smart, the Flintstones. <sighs> Get Smart was not horrible. They kind of implied that it was... It was going to be a campy movie. Yeah. You just knew it was going to well, be. Well, it's Get Smart. Like, campy is kind of baked That's right in. That's what it's supposed to be. The Flintstones, however, was an atrocity. But, but John per- perfect casting. Yes. You cannot tell me he no. was not the perfect was, Flintstone. Was no. yeah, he was had they had a better script, I think it would have been a better movie. Did he do the twinkle toe thing? He did. He, he did. Yeah, but mm-hmm. oh, did the twinkle toe thing. I think Rick Moranis did a very decent oh, job. Oh, he was a great I Barney. miss that man so much. And, uh, why do you miss him? He's retired. He, oh, has, he has done a movie he in years. years. Yeah. They'll bring him back with Ghostbusters 3. Watch. <laughs> Rosie O'Donnell was a decent yeah. Betty. Yeah. Yeah. And they had Halle... Oh, God. Can you believe Halle Berry Halle was in Halle Berry was in that one. Sharon Stone. Who is Sharon Stone? No. That was her character's name. Sharon Stone. Oh. Oh, oh, oh I, I get, get it. it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I was like, I don't remember her in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Sarah, you're covering your mouth with anticipation. Okay. It only lasted six episodes, but Police Squad, which then spawned the Naked Gun movies. I just That oh, needs to get a yeah. shout out. You know, yeah. I feel like that's not quite valid because it was way more successful as a film series than it was as a TV show. It but was it, still originally well, a TV show. Well, we're not though. talking about successfulness here. Yeah, we're not talking about successful. Okay. 
I'm just talking about this is just a, it, these are many many examples of how it could go horribly wrong or horribly, horribly right. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did you guys? I don't want to backtrack, but I have to ask because we kind of skipped over it. Did did nobody like the? I haven't seen the second one, but the X Files movies. Did you guys not like that? I didn't see the second one. I only saw the first one. I didn't I, get the first one because I felt like had you not watched the series, a lot of it was mm-hmm. lost on you. Yeah, because you had because it made a lot of it was the, self-referential. It was self-referential. I appreciate that you didn't need to have seen the series to fully. I mean, yes, you had to know going in that there was were Mulder and Scully. They were FBI agents, but. There wasn't like, oh, this refers to a specific episode, and if you didn't watch this, you're not going to understand what's going on. Sound man's going to disagree. <laughs> there were characters that were, yeah, you know, like the cigarette smoking man mm-hmm. was was of course a character in that movie. Were the lone gunman in that movie too? I don't really remember. It's a long time since I've seen that. Movie. Well, oh, also, kind of tying it in this conversation, what's interesting is the show creator directed the second one. I was looking this up oh. on Wikipedia today, and I haven't seen it. But from what I've read, the second one didn't I do want so to well believe with reviews. Is that the one? It's giving us a, yeah. a thumbs down. But yeah. that's, and a, that's a, a slash. But and a, and a hang. hang. Wow. To your point, though, about quality of Shit. movies maintaining, you know, TV shows being made into movies, how well they would do if the original talent wasn't involved. I mean, that was the creator of the show wrote and directed that movie. Yeah, so that goes and, back to the valid but not necessarily good. Right. I mean, there could have been external factors. Maybe it was budget. Maybe it was time. Whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Because I trust yeah. that he knew what he was doing. Well, it was well, way, way too far out of date. It was well after the show had already been canceled. It was awkward timing. I remember yeah. seeing the trailer and thinking, oh, I mean, I love the show, but That's I don't... still relevant? <laughs> I don't feel like I need a movie, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know if a lot of people would watch this. Anyone here watch Deadwood? I haven't seen it, but God, I've heard such good things. Oh, man. The show's amazing. And I would recommend it to anyone in this room or who's listening. But that, too, was also going to be made into a movie, an HBO movie. But, of course, budget got in the way. But, mm. like, a lot of people are still talking about it to this day. And that show ended back in 2006, right? It was, like, 2006, 2007. And but people are still like, oh, we would love to see a Deadwood movie. And it's certain, like, what Robert, to kind of piggyback on what Robert said, there's a time limit. And after a certain amount of time. A statute of limitations. Yeah. It's it were, just mm-hmm. otherwise it just doesn't really have a whole lot of validity anymore. And you're like, oh, right. You have to. Oh, you're going to dispute it, aren't no, you? No, I'm just going to counter your point here with Arrested Development. Mm, yes, so, but they're bringing it back for a series. They're, they're to, bring, to ramp up for the movie. Yeah, they're on, they're doing an additional season and then doing the movie. Which is why I think yeah. that one. It, good point. Yeah, but it doesn't quite qualify because they they're not just jumping into a movie. They're they're building up to that movie with this new thirteen episode season or Something ten like episode. That. But season. the mo- the the TV show ended in two thousand four two thousand five. Sound guy. Yeah, because I know I jumped on that boat way late. Yeah, I, I DVDs. Was, I, yeah, I went on that one later too. But oh my god, I I watch those DVDs like at least twice a year. Like I watch the whole series all the way through. And every time you watch, it, you it. find something new that's hilarious. Yeah, hey, here's here's a question. And Sound Guy is going to 2006. 2006. Yeah. Okay. Sound Guy is going to be really sad because I won't be able to. He won't be able to say anything because he's a mime. Doctor Who. Yes Doctor or no? Who. Should it be made into a movie? Mm. Uh, mm. Oh my god. You must speak. Let him let him talk. Let him talk. Eric just talk. I must speak. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, I know I was doing the whole Marseille, <laughs> Marseille Marseille thing and then I was a German for some reason, but you know what? Marseille Marseille. I'm Marcel Marcel Marceau. Marceau. Whatever. <laughs> Sacre what? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Eric Brickmont. He's been hovering around this podcast the whole time. Yes, I, I do double a sound guy from time to time. And I have to say, Doctor Who's coming up on its 50th anniversary. And so the decision was made that they would do a shorter next season. And then they would have a kind of two-hour event. And so it's going to be made for TV, right? It's not going to be a major theatrical release. 
but it doesn't need to be because Doctor Who belongs on television. It he does, does not belong on. Yeah, exactly. It belongs I, on television, and that's another good point. Are there certain shows that may get turned into movies? Do they belong on a, on the small screen as a two hour miniseries or whatever the, whatever have you, or do they belong in the silver screen? Uh, perfect example of this. I don't know how many. I know you know the show, but I was raised with a show called Red Dwarf. Oh yeah, uh, I know which about is Red Dwarf. again. I must speak. <laughs> <laughs> I love Red Dwarf and it, all the smegheads out there. I love them all. It is uh, it is one of my favorite. I mean, I, I was watching that show when I was six years old, and the show is still going. It just officially started its tenth season, although you could argue over the numbers. But that's a great example. They stopped after season eight because they wanted to take a little time and then also pursue the creating of a movie. And for years, they were looking for the financing. They were looking to try and make it happen. And it just kept falling through and falling through. And then eventually, they just said, okay, well, we're going to spend our whole lives waiting on a movie or we can keep the show going. And they went back and they did kind of a made-for-TV movie. It's three half-hour episodes, ultimately making one hour-and-a-half story. And it was kind of weird because it had literally been a decade since you had last seen those characters on television. They tried some new things. They had a better effects budget. They didn't use a laugh track. So it's a little bit of a weird experience. You're like, oh, wow, it's been so long. I haven't thought about you. Have you thought about me? Where, where have you been all this time? <laughs> but now they actually are back on track. And season 10 just aired over in the UK. Oh, and wow. uh, it hasn't aired here yet. And it is perfect. It is a complete return to form. And I can't See, help but think we would have never gotten that had they not gone through the experience of trying to make the movie. Yeah. I used to watch that show over at my, at my neighbor's house when I was a kid. Cause the, and they loved it, and I just kind of remember thinking... KQED. Like, yeah. They kept it going Sunday like, nights. This is kind of a rad show, whatever. I haven't seen any of all this. Channel 54, obviously. if you live in the San Francisco Bay Area. Channel 54, they would, oh, play, what, they would on play... what cable provider? I don't know. Back, four and a half cable. The, back then, we had antennas. There was no, yeah. there was no Comcast. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I'm just saying, now it's, you know, anybody's game. Well, they would, they would play, like, one series at a time, and they'd have a, a pledge break... You know, in between, mm-hmm. and they would actually get some of the guys. They would fly them out to America, and, and they would and they would go on, yep. the sh- on the pledge break. And that was the only time I ever watched pledge pledge breaks uh, was to see the cast of Red Dwarf to see them talk silly, and, uh, silly, silly things. Can, can I add something quickly, please? The whole boy meets world thing. I, <laughs> <laughs> I just I gotta revisit it for a second because I feel very strongly about this. Because valid point. Boy meets. <laughs> For those of you that are not here, Eric just dethroned Brian from his chair. He just kicked him out of the chair just so he could get closer to the mic. Brian, you know I love you. I'm sorry. This is important. It has to be said. (laughs) Boy Meets World was a big part of my childhood. Amen. Absolutely loved it. And when I heard they were going to bring it back, it terrified me. And the more I look into it, the more it terrifies me. Really? Yeah. But, you know, to get back to your point, though, like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Or maybe it was Brian's point. Wait a minute. It's only been 10 years. How is it that they have children that are in high school? I would argue that because the show did end in 2000. We assumed that it taped in 1999. The girl's 13 years old and supposed to come out next season. So exactly. they popped out a baby really fast. Right. Well, she also has an older brother. So he could theoretically oh. be a, a year older than her or adopted. Well done. Yes. That's where I was going with that. Get out of his head. <laughs> and she could very well have been pregnant during the last season. But because it was for family viewership, that was something we weren't going to be talking she about. She was in the family way. It could have been a shotgun wedding, <laughs> and we just we didn't see that episode. A shotgun wedding, really? Because the buildup to their getting married lasted, mm, you know, a decade. So I gotta, I gotta be honest. Uh, yes. I didn't have again with the, the immigrant status. I didn't have Boy Meets World when I grew mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. Um, I had uh, the Wonder Years. I had oh, the yeah. other oh, Savage same Border. Same show. Yeah. And that show, maybe I can align with you guys that you're ha- experiencing a similar thing with, uh, you know, your show. 
Boy Meets World, but mm -hmm. watching The Wonder Years when I was a kid was transformative. Like I remember like feeling like there was somebody out there that knew what it was like to be me. Those little voiceovers. <laughs> that was what it was essentially. Winnie Cooper, the girl next door. There she was. Ah, dad doesn't understand me. It's <laughs> like, yeah, my dad doesn't understand me. And I've got a Winnie Cooper, but her name is, insert Irish name that's unpronounceable. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was my two cents. All thank right, you, Thanks Thank you for letting me participate. Thanks, thanks you, for that. you bet. I love Doctor Who and Boy Meets World. Thank you. <laughs> Let it be known, uh, Eric also really, really enjoyed the X-Files films. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, both he, of them. Both of them. Both of them. In fact, he even said to us prior to us taping when we were discussing this that X-Files, I want to believe, should have won Best Picture that year. <laughs> <laughs> he was very, very adamant about it, and he was very angry that it did not win He do Picture. He doesn't have to believe because it happened. <laughs> At night, he goes home, and he's just sort of like, Mulder, Scully. How's the Oscar doing? Huh? Did, yeah. did, any, did the theme song of that show creep anybody else out? Yes. I could barely get through the theme song, let alone watch the episode without feeling haunted. Okay. You guys ready for... ready for? You'd always watch it with the lights off, too. Oh, it was murder. Oh. Are you guys ready for this now? You'll watch it, but you are gonna. Watch you guys are going to get some insight into, into Not all of it. brain right now. I would, I would, hang on a second. We need to clear some shit right now. It's because you're referring to the whole alien thing, right, David? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would close my eyes for those parts, too. <laughs> okay. Wait, Aliens? Let's not, let's not get oh, I thought you guys were talking about MASH. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. No, X-Files, no, forget that. It was all about MASH. Yeah, that theme song was creepy. I would just say, though, MASH, semi-successful movie. Made into a TV show. Made tremendously successful yeah. TV show. Just one yeah. for the parallel. Yeah. Still, listed as, still listed as one of the most watched series finales in all of TV history, American TV history. I'll throw an interesting factoid in. I'm sorry, Brian, to invade your personal space. The water consumption for the United States during the the actual airing of the final episode of MASH would dramatically increase during the commercial break periods because so many Americans were watching it on television and didn't want to miss anything that they all went to the bathroom at the same time. And that is true. That was before DVR, folks. That's crazy. That's huh. interesting. From the co-host of Nerds on History. Shameless, that was historical. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. So um, did you guys want to hear my X-Files story or not? I've been yeah. waiting so patiently really? for you Thank to speak you. up. Thanks, Robert, because these two guys here kind of don't But before care. you say anything, I really want to talk about <laughs> Boy Meets World. I hate you. JK, JK, go ahead. <laughs> Robert, you should know her, her real name now is Glossy. Yeah, because they keep glossing over me. Oh. Every single time I pose a question to the group, never gets asked back. They just move on to the next part of the conversation. <laughs> well, I, Sarah, here. you are the moderator. Well, you're clearly oh, really? you're <laughs> getting you're getting the emails. These guys aren't getting emails, so Obviously. you're clearly yeah, no your voice is being heard. Obviously, yeah, yeah. Suck no, it. Nobody even bitches. knows who I am. The Bamp joke is probably going to be lost on everybody. No, we appreciate it. They need to go well, back and listen back a few too. episodes. Yeah, go listen to episodes one, two, and three. <laughs> Yeah. And or four. else. And four. Am I on four? You're on four. Yeah. I was on four. Four was your last episode. Yeah, you damn right. Go listen to episode one through four. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Is that the, they were in Egypt line? They went to Egypt. That was, that was the. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys hear Mark Wahlberg's been casting the yes. fourth one? Oh, oh yeah. God. Sean brought that up. Oh, oh God. I can't Transformers, wait. Transformers. Another TV to, to movie. Indeed. Toy TV to TV to movie. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's crazy. was it? Was it no, Should you're right. Yeah. And they weren't even. They yeah, weren't. We, I think we've glossed over Sarah's X Files story. For, for, for yeah, Sarah, please, please, before I go down the path of Transformers. Over thrice, someone, someone thrice out there, glossed over. Someone out there is going to be listening to this podcast like, tell him, tell him the damn story.
story. <laughs> now it's not going to be that good. Oh, yeah, um, it is. So my family and I used to gather around for X-Files every Sunday night. It was just, it was what we did. However, I was a kid and my bedtime was 9.30. Yeah, this is screwed up. <laughs> so I would only get to watch the first half hour of X-Files most of the time. This led me to have a significant amount of nightmares when I was a kid because I never (laughs) had any resolution to anything. (laughs) And so not only was the theme song really creepy and then have like all this built up and no resolution. So I would have these really screwed up dreams about aliens and monsters and stuff. And there is one that I, I literally have this dream at least once a year where a golden glowing ship descends into my backyard and I'm watching it from my bedroom window. This is my my childhood house. And out of this golden ship comes a glowing green Jesus and he walks through the wall and he stares at me and I just like flip my shit and go running and I go run and I get stuck in the hallway and I can't talk and I can't scream. And then my parents come up and they're aliens and they're trying to talk to me oh, and man. I can't talk back. It's you know really what? scary. The 90s, you suffer from what I suffered from because Fire in the Sky came out in the 90s. Oh. And that movie fucked me up. And that was the I'm screaming but no one can hear me. I'm getting yeah. covered in like weird alien latex. Yeah. I saw that movie and then X-Files, I don't, I don't know what the timing, I can't remember. But then I started watching X-Files and I just felt like the nightmare would never end. It would just keep going with the X-Files. Yeah. And for years, aliens were the worst thing in the world to me. They were awful. Oh I'm not going to lie, Sarah. If, if there are any like psychologists or psychi- <laughs> psychiatrists that are listening, please email her because you could decipher she can the it. Sarah. At Nerdonomy. Uh-huh. <laughs> at com, And you can just strike up a conversation, however, talk about the dream a little bit more. Subject line, green, glowing, floating alien Jesus. Yes. <laughs> I'm just saying, mom and dad, this is why you need to let me finish the X-Files. I wasn't lying when I said, seriously, let me watch the rest of the episode. I don't want to go mm, to bed yet. Mm, <laughs> mm. You know what other theme song messed me up? Mm. You guys remember Unsolved Mysteries? Yeah. Yes. Robert Stack? Yeah. Oh, my, the theme song to that chills that show, down my spine. Uh, and that I, shit was real. That was creepy. Yeah. <laughs> that was Every so time, creepy. Even though it was like back in the 80s, when they did, it would be like 1987, and they're like, they're talking to people with the 80s haircuts, and they're like, and the murder is still out there. Yeah. And, and as they're like showing up the picture of like the drawing, the rendering. Oh, I, and God. It's like the renderings. The renderings. <laughs> and I'm watching it out Lifetime, and I'm just like, that guy's still out there. Hey. He's outside <laughs> my house. So, ultimate segue. Uh, I, I, I'm sorry if I'm butchering the name. I think it was Robert Stack was the name of the host that no, show. Yes, it yeah. was. Yeah, so I would watch Unsolved Mysteries, and it would torment me. Years later, I'm watching Transformers, the animated film, the, the <gasps> old where Optimus Prime dies, right? And there's something about Ultra Magnus. There's just something that is creeping the shit out about me. <laughs> and sure enough, during the credits, Robert Stack was the voice for Transformer. Yeah, and he was the very much, Prime, I can't be a leader of the Autobots. And I'm just like, why do I get a chilling sense of murder when I listen to you? <laughs> You know, I think it was, I stopped being able to take um, Unsolved Mysteries seriously with Basketball, that movie. Because <laughs> yes. they had that little segment where um, where Trey Parker goes missing, but not really. <laughs> In fact, they like talk about like where he is right now on Unsolved Mysteries. And so I think that kind of took the edge off a little bit. Yeah. Ugh. That show would always freak me out. Speaking of creepy renderings, you guys ever seen Zodiac? What? I just no. bought it. Oh, Zodiac, um, man. I haven't seen that. Oh. <sighs> 
terrifying because well, you did. You and I. It's went. the yeah. one serial killer yeah. story that the San Francisco Bay Area yeah. has. I don't they never so. found the guy. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yep. Though there's Robert a lot of speculation Jr. now that the guy who they think it was died. Yep. In yep. 2003. Robert Allen Lee, I think his name uh, is Arthur Lee. Arthur Allen. Lee. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing that was Close. more horrifying was the hogtie scene. That to me is the scariest scene in that movie. The only time when the Zodiac killer committed murder in broad daylight, and he actually wore the whole Zodiac outfit. Very, very weird. And so, yeah, he hogties. There's this couple out in the park. He hogties the guy and just starts stabbing him. And they show the whole scene. Yeah. And it ends when he's mid-stabbing him. And it's just like... It's horrifying. That's David Fincher for you. Yes. It's horrifying in that they don't do anything clever with it, with with the photography. There's no music. It's just you're watching it. And that's what's scary of all because, like, this looks... We're not we're not afraid of spoilers on this podcast, so I'm going to talk about that like the ending of that movie because everybody oh man oh I can't then I won't do it okay because he says that I've seen it I don't think I've seen it I've remembered that let me just say that movie before it came out got a lot of grief because people are like how can you make a movie about something that's been unresolved how can I possibly feel terror and the final scene of that movie with Mm -hmm. Jake Gyllenhaal's character. Oh, is one of the, the, the when you get the department store oh, or the hardware store? God, you, that will stay with you forever. That is like the most chilling scene I think I've ever seen in any horror movie. Dave, you just bought or, it. Dr- on traumatic. Blu-ray. Oh, never mind. Oh, you, oh it's it's brilliant. I'll have to get it it's through Netflix brilliant. then. Yeah, I think it's on Netflix. Okay. But speaking of Boy Meets World. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, guys, we've, we've had a really interesting discussion. All um, over the place discussion. All over the place Holy discussion. F- this is the most, like, ADD episode but I think we've done. It's but entertaining. There's, there's a through line. We're all still talking about, for the most part, we were talking about adaptations. of, mm-hmm. And we got a really great, I'd like to thank Robert for being, oh, Robert I'm came for back. teleporting so here. I'm so happy to come back. And yes. hopefully have me back you here. You always have a chair and a mic waiting for you. Bam. Absolutely. Oh, I'm not. Bam- I'm not going to bamf out yet. I almost said bamf. Yeah. Oh, I just said it. No, I'm gone. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm still here. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he has to be more enthusiastic for it to work. Fun the bar. circus, yeah, yeah. And I'd like to thank Mr. Brickmont for running sound for running us and chiming in and chiming in as appropriately. With that, guys, you can follow us on Twitter at Nerdonomy. You can also follow David on Twitter at David C. McGuire. Uh, I am also on Twitter at Brian Moriarty. And I'm still not using my Twitter handle yet. I have one created. I haven't been on the Twitter since I created it like a week ago. Stay tuned, folks. It's going to come. It's going to happen. Maybe. I don't know. So in the meantime, you can like us on Facebook. (laughs) And you can email her at Sarah at Nerdonomy.com. That's right. The floodgates have opened, my friends. Email her. Obviously, I'm going to answer your email on the podcast. Hello. Yeah, how cool is that? And you can also email Brian and I. That'd be great. We can answer yeah. questions too. We're, we're, we're cool. But I'm better. You know, <laughs> you know we just, just you should just email us like nonsense. We've got we've got an Xbox in our <laughs> in our email boxes. You know, we're just what if, so we, we got we got a lot of free time on our hands. We're just we know we're uh, just looking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> Someone writes us and goes like, "What do you think I should have for dinner on the podcast?" Right, like, chicken. <laughs> I was really hoping you'd have like a dramatic breakdown. I just made the damn podcast and all they want to do is talk to her. <laughs> Sean's upset. Connery, cool it. Yeah. Yeah. Podcast. What the hell is a podcast? Where am I? Shh, Highlander. The Spaniard. Is it, didn't they have a Scotsman play? He was His name was Cortez. Yeah. He was a Scottish Spaniard. <laughs> Everybody, uh, oh yeah, Highlander, suspend belief. It's about immortals that cut each other's head. No, he was a Scottish <laughs> guy, like born and raised in Spain, that somehow maintained his accent. Yeah. Yes, I have a feather in my cap. <laughs> Look at my boots. <laughs>
<laughs> I think on that note. Uh, you can go to nerdonomy.com, go to our merch page, and buy a t-shirt if you want to. And please, if you follow us on iTunes or on Stitcher Radio as well, please give us a review. We'd like to hear what you have to say. We want to make this show better. So praise us or tell us what we could be doing better. We want it all. Uh, I've got a really cool idea. Can I throw something out? Yeah. Sure. Do it. Uh, I, I think we focused very heavily on uh, The X-Files tonight. Maybe you should jump on the Facebook page and tell us what your favorite episode of The X-Files was. Oh, my God. That, oh. that was a wonderful idea. I hope yeah. that people actually yeah. do that. As well as, tell us what TV shows you feel should never, ever be made into an actual film. And Friends. likewise, which ones should have but never got the opportunity to. Lost. No, that would make a I'm terrible movie. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding topic for another night yeah apparently it's the only time i can mention on this podcast lost i love lost sorry we might have to do a, another round of this on a later date we'll yes a little bit more focused <laughs> we do good night guys good night yes good night and good luck bye <laughs> <laughs> were, were you rich?